Hey, what up, everybody? Welcome to the Strength Through Vulnerability podcast. In this episode, we're talking with my buddy, Will Blodges, who is an artist and has an incredible testimony about depression. And he speaks on medication, on he gives so many other tips and tricks to how to treat your depression, how to talk about your depression, and just shares his story with all of us. And it was an amazing episode to create with him. It was so fun talking to him, and it's so powerful. And I'm excited for you to all listen to it. And you know, given all this craziness with the quarantine and the coronavirus, hopes and prayers that this all ends soon. But in the meantime, I hope that this podcast gives you some entertainment. I hope that it allows you to open your heart to the story of others and perhaps connect with some things that you're struggling with too. So I hope you all enjoy. It's going to be awesome. And it's coming at you in three, two, one. Hey, what up, everybody? Welcome to the Strength Through Vulnerability podcast. I am on the phone right now with a good friend of mine, Will Blodges. Will, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show, man. Thank you for having me on. Dude, it's a... I, re- I reached out and I, like, you got back to me like very soon after. I was like, oh, when do you know he's open? <laughs> Dude, I was super excited to hear from you. This is going to be amazing. And I think it's going to serve a lot of people, which is what this is all about. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, Hopefully. It, it definitely will. So, dude, to start off the show, I would love if you could just share anything that you want about what your mental health struggles have been like. Of course. So I, so I, I've always had issues with you know like mental health, like depression, anxiety has has always kind of been a part of my life. Uh, when I was in, I think eighth grade, seventh or eighth grade, late middle school, I uh, I had to go to the hospital. I had to do a week in like pre like eighteen year old like rehab facility which at the time I was not a fan of, you know, mm-hmm. I like, you know, it was, I hated it, but like looking back, I'm glad I did it, you know, not that I had a choice in the matter. At the time. <laughs> yeah. I was under 18. But yeah, like my, my thing with mental health is like, it's constantly changing, you know, like there's times where, you know, like depression is the big factor. There's times where anxiety is the big factor. The thing like that all kind of keeps, I don't know if I'm jumping the gun here, but the thing that kind of keeps me going is like, I like, the, like the best piece of advice I can give that works for me is uh, when I like I, I like texting like I'll text people like when things go really well I'm texting people a lot mm-hmm. and when I get like down like I end up convincing myself you know like things were never actually good that I just kind of made myself believe they were even though they weren't mm. and uh, then I'll go back and I'll look at those text messages and be like oh you know I think things actually were pretty good I you know it's gonna it's gonna be good again you know mm-hmm. I love that the big like thing for me is like it's so non-consistent, you know, like I'll have like, like I've had months at a time where like I wake up in the morning and like my jaw hurts because I was having anxiety dreams and like my like jaw was like clenched so hard shut that I'll wake up and it'll be like sore. Mm -hmm. And then like, I'll also have times where, you know, like I get up at five in the morning and go to the gym every day for like a, like a couple weeks straight, you know? Mm -hmm. And those are like the good times. And then, you know, it, it rotates. Definitely, man. I feel like that's almost like the nature of the beast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, uh, sorry. No, no. You go ahead, man. Yeah. So I was just gonna say, like, I don't know. I just want to thank, thank again for like letting me be on here. Like, I've 
So I've, like, shared stuff in the past. Like, I've had, like, art exhibition and an art exhibition mm-hmm. where I kind of talked about, like, specifics about what happened to me. I don't know if – that was at St. Joe's. I don't know if you were still there. I think – I don't think you were. I don't think so because I feel like I totally would have gone to be there, but yeah. I don't remember that happening. That's sweet, dude. I, I made, a, I think, seven, six or seven sculptures based on, like, different aspects of my depression and, like, mental struggles. And uh, I actually, like, invited, like, a bunch of people in and, like, I was expecting, you know, like, five people to show up and I ended up having to talk about, like, the most, like, private things in my life to a group of like 30 or 40 people <laughs> and that was kind of nerve-wracking oh my gosh i can imagine but that's at the same time so cool i had no idea yeah. you did that yeah it was it was crazy like the amount of support i got from that and like like just the amount of like like whoa factor was like like these people like actually like care you know like oh yeah easy to, it's easy to convince yourself people don't care when they do i absolutely agree and with your sculptures and the words that you had to share you're probably touching the hearts of so many people who struggle with things similar as you that maybe just aren't at that point of being able to share that with their creativity like you can or with their words like you did and like you are right now. Yeah, like, it's always, like, crazy to me because, like, I'll, I'll share something, you know, like, like in that situation, I was, like, kind of, like, beforehand, I was, like, when I was psyching myself up, I was, like, okay, like, if, I, if this makes one person's day better, I've done my job. Mm-hmm. I can rest so easy. And uh, someone actually came up to me afterwards and said, like, this means so much to me, like, because, like, a year ago on this day, like, I lost, like, a nephew to suicide. Oh, my God. And it's God. great that you're, like, raising awareness to this. And, like, to me, that was, like, like fun. Because, like, one of, the, one of the points that I talked about in that presentation that I, like, really tried to hit home with and was, like, the main point was that this is not, like problem that's like over there you know like every single person if they don't struggle with it personally they know someone who does whether they know that that person does or not mm-hmm. like this isn't like something that's like oh that's not my problem that's like over there that's like like if you don't struggle with it and you don't know anyone that struggles with it someone you i guarantee someone you know struggles with it and they just happen to you yeah you're probably patrick star living under a rock or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah or you know like maybe there's not there's not ready you know like there's there's a point where like you kind of come out and you're like okay i need to talk about this definitely and i think for so for so many of us it you know it's obviously scary to start that conversation to initiate the process of reaching out for help or even just admitting to ourselves that we need help and i think a lot of that can be the feelings that build up inside of us are about our mental health. I know that for me, there was like shame involved where I'm like, Hey, like I've got a great life. My parents love me. I've got an amazing family. I'm a decent athlete, like all these things. And I'm like, why should I be struggling in my mind? And that kind of shame can build up. Did you struggle with anything like that before you were at this point of being able to share through your art and through your words? I kind of, I don't know if I call it lucky, but uh, fortunate. I was definitely fortunate enough to kind of like mention it before I was too old. So like when I was still a kid and I was like willing to accept help more more frequently because uh, of, you know, just being a kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was, you know, that's just how I was. And uh, so I looked out kind of like before there was like a stigma of like, 
you know, you're you're basically an adult. You need to fend for yourself. I was already kind of talking about it to my parents and to my close friends. Mm. Dude, that's so good. That's... Yeah, and I, and I get and I get what you're saying. Like the the uh, like like why why is this happening to me? Like I, I've had it made. Like why why am I depressed? Mm-hmm. You know, I've definitely had that. Like in the past, though. Like uh, like you know, I, like some counselors like they'll throw the idea out there. Like you got to think like how fortunate you are. And you like, like you know, like you're fortunate. Like maybe that, like, because I guess to some people that's like helpful to think about stuff like that. But then to other people, like you and me, it's like, like yeah, I had the fortunate, but I like shouldn't almost. Like you feel like you don't deserve fortune. Yeah, I almost feel too like if you try to look at things like anxiety and depression and bring rational meaning to it like by telling somebody hey like you're super fortunate like be grateful and all those things i feel like that can sometimes almost add to the problem it can almost yeah. it can hurt because you're like yeah. yeah like i know that i'm fortunate i know i'm blessed but i'm still struggling like do i not have the right to struggle and i yeah. think there needs to be that point in understanding that like hey there's a lot of people that struggle with these things and that's why this podcast is a thing that's why i'm talking about these things that's why you're talking about these things because it's important like people struggle like you said earlier yeah like uh what is it um the most important thing to like like i've I've done you know group therapy sessions and counselors and psychiatrists before i'm like 10 years you know like almost half my life i've been doing stuff like this Mm. and it's still a struggle every day you know like it doesn't like the thing I'll say is like it doesn't get easy. It doesn't get easier. You have to make it easier, kind of. You know, like you're not just gonna be handed everything. You know, you're on mental health wise uh, to make things better. You have to kind of go out and get it. But like, I feel like the more you go out, go and go after it, the more you want to go out and get after it. You know. Mm. I like to use the phrase. You gotta like lean into the pain or lean into that weakness. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Like, I, like, will go weeks, like, without, like, with basically just not leaving bed. You know, like, I'll get up, I'll eat, that's it. And, uh, but then, like, kind of once you get on that roll of, like, you know, doing stuff and, like, caring about yourself, like, it only gets easier. Like, the first step is the hardest kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, uh, the easiest or the best thing to say to someone who's, like, going through, if someone, like, trusts you enough to come to you about, you know whatever they're going they're going through uh the most important thing isn't always like offering helpful advice the most important thing is like just being there you know like a phrase that like i've come to understand is like one of the most like caring things you can say in that situation is i understand like don't don't try to offer like any unsolicited advice even like if they're looking for advice you know offer it but like if it seems they just want to talk just just talk and just understand bro i'm so glad that you just said that because that's so real and uh that was something that i actually okay so last weekend i was watching this movie with a buddy of mine it was called lars and the real girl have you ever seen it i have not i'm not a big movie guy that's fine how dare you yeah (laughs) if you have amazon prime go check it out 
Ryan Gosling is the leading actor in the movie, and he's a heartthrob, so, like, you gotta watch it. (laughs) But it's basically about he plays this younger brother who's 27, and he's delusional. He lives in the garage of his brother and his sister-in-law, and one day he basically buys this large mannequin doll lady, and because he's delusional, he believes that he's dating this doll he thinks it's his girlfriend and as the movie goes on oh and he names her bianca which i think is awesome because that's just a great name and <laughs> and as the movie goes on if you're gonna date a mannequin you got to give it a good name right oh damn straight man exactly <laughs> as the movie goes on it's really it's beautiful man i definitely recommend that the listeners to this podcast uh check it out because the way that the community comes around him and loves him despite his delusions is just beautiful. And later on in the movie, there's this scene where, you know, something difficult has happened in Lars's life. Lars is the name of the main character. And four, I think it's four, doesn't matter what number, a few old ladies go over to his house to spend time with him during this difficult time. And I forget exactly how the scene went, but essentially, like, Lars kind of just wanted to get up. He was like, I feel like I should do something. What should we do? And one of the old ladies who was with him was just like, you know, Lars, sometimes in difficult times, you just got to sit. And I thought that was so powerful and so good because it was exactly what you just said. Sometimes you just need to sit and be there and not say a word. stuff like this and like as as helpful as like you know offering advice and like solutions can be sometimes you just yeah sometimes you just need like to talk like you're not looking for solutions you're just looking for for, like contact Mm -hmm. like uh and then like something uh i do like is obviously like i can't like every like every moment of the day i can't reach out you know like i currently don't have a job like, I work part-time, but this coronavirus thing actually got my job shut down, so that sucks. Oh, wow. Um, so, like, yeah, I'm like, I got nothing to do. I'm just sitting in the house. Uh, so today, I actually, like, was like, you know, I'm doing something. Like, I made, I made a goal. Like, I need to get out of the house and do something once a day because I find that being productive is the most helpful thing, at least I can do for myself. Um, and so I, I, like, drove, like, an hour to go, like take a 30 minute walk to like this place that I heard about. That's really cool. It's like a old like castle. It's like abandoned. Oh, wow. England. Yeah. And you know, just like doing stuff like that, that you've never tried before. Like ne- go see something you've never seen before. That is like, that's powerful. At least to me, like I can recommend that at least everyone give it a try to set a goal to like do one thing out of your house every day. If you don't, I think that's an awesome goal. Because I can attest to the fact that I have difficulties with that. And I know that when I stay inside all day, I feel unproductive and just feel super down. I have the privilege of working from home. So when I work from home, I don't work from home every day. But when I do, you know, it's almost like more of an incentive to not go through my daily or my morning routine. Just get up keep the pjs on open up the laptop and just cruise through the day maybe play some video games after work and just you know do nothing productive but that just makes me feel so down and like i'm not doing anything because i'm because i'm not (laughs) yeah and every every now and then you know everyone needs a day like that 
Mm -hmm. But it's like, it should be the the special, not the norm, you know? Definitely. You shouldn't, like, you should make make it a goal to be like, like, I've done something every day for the past two weeks. Today I get to, you know, stay in my pajamas and watch TV. It shouldn't be like, oh, I've stayed in my pajamas and watched TV every day for the past month. I need to go do something, you know? Yes. And it's a process, you know, you're not going to like, you, you know, the first week, let's say you only get out like three days, like the, Hey, you know what? Take that, take that win. It's three days. You did something. I love that. You have to put that spin on it, man. Yeah. I know that when I was struggling to lose weight and stuff, it, it, you need, I learned that I needed to celebrate the smaller wins in order to kind of get that train rolling. But then yeah. once that train's rolling and you get some momentum, it's, it, it becomes almost like second like- nature. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree. So, Will, you've spoken a little bit about it already, but I know that seeking help can look really different from person to person. Can you speak a little bit to what seeking out help looked like for you and maybe even treatment options that you've gone through um, in addition to what you've mentioned earlier? Absolutely. So... I was in seventh grade uh, the first time I kind of really went after help. It was, uh, I, you know, I've been having really down, like, suicidal thoughts, bad stuff. And I ended up, like, talking to my mom about it, you know. I was scared, you know, but I was a kid. I was still, like, you know, performing, and I was okay. I, was, there was, I didn't feel like I was lesser for needing help because I was a kid. And uh, I, I talked to her. We she took it pretty seriously, obviously. Um, and she, we went to see a psychiatrist, uh, and then I was, you know, in the hospital for a while, which, you know, was a bad experience, uh, day by day, but as a whole, I'm glad it happened. It really kind of put things in perspective for me, even though I didn't enjoy it. Mm. Um, and then from there, you know, I, I never stopped seeing a psychiatrist. I never stopped seeing a therapist. Uh, when I went to St. Joe's, it's five hours away from where I live. I, I went into the resources. I saw the counseling center. You know, there there hasn't been a whole lot of time in my life in the past 10 years where I haven't had support, which is a blessing for me. You know, whether that's like, you know, a, a friend that I trust, which I, I always try to keep at least one friend, you know, not like I'm losing friends left and right, but like, you know, relationships change. And so I always make sure that I have at least one or two people I can go to 24 hours a day that would be willing to help me with this stuff. Uh, and, you know, because, like, if you don't talk about it and you don't have, like, like it's important to have these professional supports because they can say, oh, you know, try this book or, like, try this. The friends are the ones that are going to, like, you know, do anything for you. They're going to, like, you know, show up at your house, like, 12 in the morning and be like hey get in the car we're going to do something fun because you're dead out you know mm-hmm. like I had a friend uh, it was like 1 o'clock in the morning right I was. this is when I was still at St. Joe's it was 1 o'clock in the morning it was like 0 degrees outside I reached out to this friend and he was like what are we doing where are we going you know <laughs> yep and uh, when my car wouldn't start because it was too cold he walked all the way across campus with me to the, to the art studio and like just hung out with me while I like made these sculptures actually that I told you about earlier oh no way that's yeah. so cool dude can't thank can't thank enough for the just for that night 
that's so good man i i think you're totally spot on in that we need close friends i think there's something different about a close friend versus a therapist or a counselor because yeah, and they're both vital you know absolutely completely agree because you've got like the counselor or therapist who you know you're going to see next week at one o'clock on thursday yeah. But, like, that friend is the one who's going to be there with you at midnight, like you said, or one in the morning, and just chill with you while yeah. you're dealing with something. I think that that's a really cool story. Uh, I think, like, you know, the professional relationships, those are the anchor. That's, like, the anchor. But the, the like, friends and the family and the stuff like that is, like, you know, that's the, the like, what to live for, you know? Like, you can go along, like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Am I making sense? Like... You can go along, like, without the professional relationship, but, like, the professional, like, therapist, psychiatrist only makes everything better and makes it easier to, to talk to these other people that can make your life so much more worth living. I totally agree. It's almost like the friends and the family are, like, the sale, and they keep yeah. you going. But then yeah. the therapist is, is the anchor, the one that kind of keeps you steady and who is a reliable source of like quality information. Like you, they know the yeah. science behind these things. I, I, I love these, like, I guess nautical metaphors for, for mental health. Yeah. My, uh, yeah. My, my, my senior quote in high school was, uh, one of them. It was smooth seas. Don't make good sailors. Ooh. Yeah, I like that one. That is so good. I love that. Yeah. Dude, that is a good saying to live by. Yeah. So I, I've, been taking meds since I was uh, in that hospital visit in eighth grade, and I've I haven't stopped, you know, like since. And you know, there's like there's points where like you know I I miss a medication and then things go bad and then I continue to like kind of self, uh, I guess self diagnose or whatever. I I stop taking the meds on purpose because either I feel I don't need them or I like kind of get in this mindset where I want things to be bad, you know, and I'll stop taking them. But then like. I had a psychiatrist for years who was putting me, like, you know, he was really good at putting me on new medications when I needed it, but he wasn't good at taking me off ones I didn't need anymore, if that make if that makes sense. Definitely. So there was a point where I was taking, uh, I think, nine pills a day, three in the morning, three in the afternoon, three at night, uh, for just so much stuff. And uh, it wasn't working, and, you know, he was just kept, like, upping doses and upping, like, how many times a day I take each one. And until, you know, I finally was just, no, no. I, can't, I need a, a fresh set of eyes, you know, and so I found a new psychiatrist, and now I still take medication. I'm on two pills a day, you know, against dying, and honestly, it's working, like, so much better, you know? So it's, like, it's not about how many meds you're on, it's about, like, what meds you're on and, like, how consistent you are with them. And th there's, there's nothing to be ashamed of there, you know? Like... You're, you feel pain. You don't like, you're like, oh man, I got to take an Advil, but like someone's going to see me take an Advil. No, like it's, it's not like, it's not like something wrong with you specifically. You know, it's like, this is something like deep seated. This is like your brain isn't giving you enough chemicals that you need. So you need to give yourself some of those chemicals, you know, like there's nothing wrong with it. It's just like, it's like a broken leg, you know, like you got to fix it. Like. You're not going to like be like, oh, no, my leg's broken, but I'm just going to keep walking, pretend like it's not. Mm. I think that's so good, man. And I'm really glad that you were open enough to share that. And I think that you're spot on in saying that there's no shame behind that. 
because I think that there's probably a lot of people out there who are struggling mentally and maybe they've thought about the idea of medication. Maybe they've even seen somebody who's suggested that taking meds would be a good idea, but they still maybe haven't taken action on that because of the stigma that can be around meds. And the reality is some people just need it. No, you're fine. Some people do need them. Yeah. I like, I've known people that kind of, uh, like don't like the idea of it, but my, my thing is always like, it's one thing you learn in like all of the group therapy and all the therapy I've been doing is that it's just a step, you know, like you aren't going to take a pill and things are, are just going to become better, you know, like, so people, I think really make it much more of a big deal than it is. Like, you know, like I take, you know, 20 milligrams of this and 10 milligrams of that a night. And it doesn't make my life, you know, this nothing but happy masterpiece, mm-hmm. but it makes it so I can do that myself, you know, so mm-hmm. I can, so, you know, what? like it gives me the motivation to not just like, you know, wake up in the morning and not shower for three days straight and just, you know, sit on my, sit on my butt and do nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's the first step. It's, it's like a coach, I guess, if a therapist isn't a coach as well. <laughs> there can be two coaches. Yeah, we got to. We got to it's, it's the assistant coach. The meds are the assistant coach <laughs> that are kind of like, you know, pushing you along when, when you really need it. And, uh, you know, if we're going with like the broken leg analogy, then like, you know, like just putting a cast on doesn't fix your leg, you know? Mm. You got to do the physical therapy, you know? You got to see the doctor. You know, there's still other stuff. I completely. Yeah. And I think. Like you said earlier too, there's no shame about taking an Advil. Like there's, there's pain or in this sense, it's even like, it's almost beyond pain in a sense, right? Cause like there's, don't get me wrong. There's certainly pain, but like you mentioned earlier, for some people, there's literally like, I don't know the science behind it, but like chemical misfires or you don't have as much of a chemical as you need. Like you had mentioned, that's like, that's beyond pain management. That's like just giving your body what you need. Yeah, it's like it's not like going out for a walk every single day. Like that, that's well, that's nice. It's like if there's something wrong with your brain, there's something wrong with your brain, and you need to fix it because it's worth it. Totally, you know? definitely. Like yeah, like like if you don't like if you, it's like if you don't have something, you can't just like go on pretend you don't have it. Like you lose a hand, you get a prosthetic. Mm-hmm. You know, when people like people may think, oh, he has a prosthetic, but they're not gonna think, oh, what a loser that guy lost his hand. You know? Yeah. And if they do, then they're just assholes. Let's just be real. <laughs> I, was I was wondering what the, what the policy on swearing was. I'm glad I wasn't <laughs> No, you're good, man. You're good. We uh, you're good. we try to keep this thing real. So if a swear comes to your mind, hey, go for it. <laughs> oh, man. But, Will, I would... Okay, so with all that being said, if there was somebody that came to you and you knew that they were struggling with the idea of taking a medication, but there was a legitimate reason to believe that it could be beneficial for them. What would you, what would you say to them? It's not going to hurt. You know, if you're, if you're seeing a psychiatrist and you're not like, you know, giving your like buying these drugs off the street and taking them and self-medicating, as long as you have a psychiatrist, you're getting them through. Like, You'd be surprised how willing they are and, like, how on top of, like, side effects they are. 
like my my psychiatrist just like asks every single week one of the first things she asks me is any side effects like how do you feel about the medication do you think it's working you know they want to know they want your input they want to know like if you think it's working because if it's not who knows maybe there maybe there's a solution where you don't take meds or maybe they try a different medication you know mm. like there's nothing to lose it's kind of what i'm getting at here you know either it works and that's great or it doesn't and you find a different way to help yourself I love that. But yeah. the thing is, as long, as long as you're still pushing, you know, it's just that it, it's just push. Yeah. At times. I think that that's, yeah, that's spot on, man. I, I feel like I just love the way that you approach the topic of medication and it's through wisdom and experience clearly. But the way that you talk about medication is in the sense of like medications, basically a supplement almost. It's not the answer to yeah. whatever you're struggling with, but it can aid you in whatever you're yeah. struggling with. Yeah. I think that's a really that's good exactly way to look it. at it. I think that's great, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so you remember, I talked about those sculptures a little bit. Uh, so I, uh, uh, it was, I actually remember the date exactly. It was October 14th, 2018. Uh, I had, you know, I was still at St. Joe's. I, I had since dropped out. Uh, but it was, you know, I was I was going through a lot of stuff. Uh, things were really rough. I was failing classes. I was this, I was that. And uh, I decided, you know, right now, like, I was sitting in my, in my dorm room by myself. I was in a suite. No one was else was in the suite. I was there alone. And I just, on a whim, just, I'm going to take my life. And I ended up... Uh, making like kind of a makeshift noose hanging it above my door and just fully committing to putting all my weight on my neck. And I ended up basically passing out, but, um, kind of being able to have enough sense in my, in my body to kind of get it off before I did. And so I kind of like, just kind of like moved my head around until I was able to kind of pull it off. And I immediately like fell down and, uh, like kind of half walk, half like stumbled over to my bed and kind of had, like, this really deep thought, like, like, oh, my God, like, it was almost over for me, you know? And I, like, like, it was scary to me because I, I wasn't phased. I don't know if that was, like, lack of oxygen or whatever. But I, like, didn't really feel like anything had happened till later. And uh, that's, I, but I didn't want to, like, leave it at that, you know? I wanted to kind of take that horrible experience I had and kind of see if I can do something with it. And that was the the uh, premise of that art show and talk I gave was I showed all those pieces and I talked about it and I brought that exact situation up and I said, oh, and by the way, like, it's important It's important to, like, you know, remember this stuff, you know. You got to remember it, but you can't, like, kind of dwell in it. And as because I'm an artist, I had a symbol for that. And the symbol for that was I mentioned that the table sheet that I had put the statues on was actually the bed sheet that I had attempted to hang myself. Wow. Oh my gosh, dude. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. It's like, you know, like I'm comfortable with myself where I can share that. And, uh, you know, it's like I said earlier, like if, if one person, you know, gets inspired or gets something out of that, then, you know, I've done my job. I can rest easy because, you know, I've, you know, maybe made someone a little better. Yeah. I love that, man. You took a really difficult situation and a scary one, and you're using it to help people, man. That's the goal.
That's so good. Well, Will, thank you so much for coming on, man. I you provided so many good insights and your vulnerability um is inspiring and it's going to help a lot of people, which is what this is all about. So thank you so much for taking the time to come on, man. You're welcome. Thanks. Thanks so much for giving me the opportunity. You bet. I hope to have you on again soon, too. Oh, yeah, I'd be very down for that. I love it. All right, man. Everybody, this has been the Strength Through Vulnerability podcast. That was Will Blodges. Will, do you have any social media that they can find you or your art at? So, yeah, I do. Um, uh, mainly Instagram is where I post. Uh, I have a personal account, which is just, I think, Will underscore Blodges, B-L-A-G-Y-S. Uh, that's a, more of a private account for just me. Um, but I do make a lot of art. Uh, and if you want to follow that, it's Will Blodges Art. Will Blodges, B-L-A-G-Y-S, art, all one word on Instagram. I love it, man. Guys, his work is so good. So definitely go and give him a follow and just support him in what he's doing. It. Oh, of course, very, man. Very much appreciate it if you would. <laughs> you bet, man. You bet. All right, guys, he's awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this. If this episode impacted you, hit your heart, made you feel good feelings, I don't know, leave a review and let us both know what you thought. And please, if you're also interested in being a guest and you have a story that you want to share on this podcast, reach out to me on Instagram at Tommy Dahlborg Jr. Or, yeah. That's probably the best way, but you know that all my social media will be linked in the description of this podcast. You guys rock, and I will talk to you again next Saturday. Peace.